Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Today we're going to talk about creativity, we're going to talk about creating more and consuming less, and we're going to talk about the the difference between creating content and producing meaningful creations. And we're going to answer your questions with today's guest. Who better to have on the show? Who better? Than Matt Diavella. Wow. Matt Diavella. When it comes to creativity. You can find his brilliant videos on, on YouTube. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you for joining us today, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, thanks for being here. It's When I think about creativity and like watching someone have a journey from creating some stuff to being like super popular adding a ton of value having you know millions of viewers man like i think you yeah, are you're kind of <laughs> <laughs> you were kind of like the uh you were the best example of that, man. Thanks, man. And I mean, I, it's funny. You guys were on the creative journey with me pretty much from the beginning mm-hmm. when we made minimalism. And and you guys know firsthand how complicated and sticky it can be, oh, yeah. how well, messy I, it can get. I remember the first video of yours that I saw was uh, most wedding vi- videographers suck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was actually when I like was starting to come into making original content. Uh-huh. And it was like the first thing I put out there. And I remember at the time, like just admiring you guys and the fact that I think you said something or you liked it and i was like oh yeah. sweet all right <laughs> give me a little bit of a boost but it was a little bit negative to start well so. no the thing the thing about that was i'm like he's right most i mean mm. be, i think the reason that most wedding videographers suck is people have this idea of like man i'm i'm really passionate about filmmaking i think the easy way for me to make money right now the low-hanging fruit is well i, I need to go film some weddings because yeah that's who that, that that's where the demand is that's mm-hmm. the most demand for low in low budget filmmaking is in the wedding industry right and so what you did is like well i i need to make some money too i'm gonna find a way to set myself apart from that which to me <laughs> mimicked a lot of what ryan and i did when we first came into the whole minimalism thing like there were other people doing writing about minimalism but we had a unique perspective mm-hmm. and also i had been writing for a long time so i took that that bit of creativity and uh, of writing fiction and say, okay, let's tell a different kind of story, a, a nonfiction story. And you've done the same thing with, with film where it was like, uh, I'm going to find a way to, to tell the story through this lens, through, through this medium of, of filmmaking. And we worked on the documentary together. And from there, you've just continued to, to create. And so we're going to answer some questions today about creating. Our first question today is from Heather in Asheville. My question is, is around... Um maybe some journaling prompts or something to kind of help work through this energy that I've had that used to be surrounded on buying and editing things in my closet. You know, I've been really into like the minimalist game and purging and things like that, but I've found that I still really have the urge to buy and I can't really always control that. So what I'm looking for is like, what is that next step in in processing these emotions and that, and that extra energy that is left over um, when I'm not buying things. You know, this is a fascinating question because 
I think Heather's asking the right kind of question. Like, I've got this extra energy, and I don't know what to do with it. It reminds me of Ella, my five-year-old. Like, she has a lot of extra energy, and she doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> and so it can manifest in rage, or as us adults, it can manifest often in like, well, I need to do something with this time. I might as well go buy something. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think one of the antidotes has been to, to create more. Matt, you, you, you spend a lot of time creating. I mean, you're essentially doing a documentary every week on YouTube. I mean, they're, they're shorter documentaries, not 90-minute excursions, but still, a lot goes into that. I, I remember when we were working on minimalism, you must have had a 1,000 hours of sunsets. Um, <laughs> All those time lapses. I'm hear the end of that. We, we tried to film like three or four sunsets and it just completely failed. Like the sun never came up. Dude, a couple, <laughs> a couple of those time lapses worked out really well. But yeah. it, t- it took getting like a million of them. You got to shoot a bunch <laughs> so of like, them to get the right one. Yeah. And it's it's hard to do that on a consistent basis every single week. Yeah. Well, she talked about buying things and then editing her closet. I mean, mm. that, to me, that's really what the creative process is about. When uh, The thing I teach my writing students in, in my writing class is, which is howtowritebetter.org, by the way, if you're interested. But um, the, I teach you have to sort of build up this mountain of, of sediment before you can go panning for gold. And the same thing was true with with minimalism. In fact, this next thing that we're working on right now, we've had at least two, three failed attempts at finishing the this the second documentary or film or special, whatever we're calling it. By the at way, this Matt, point. that has nothing to do with you. I was going to say, by the way, Matt, it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's one third your fault. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest here. That's called um, teamwork. Uh, <laughs> that's right. yeah. we're, we're failing together. But that's the thing is you sometimes you, you, you film all this, you spend your resources, your time, your energy, sometimes your money, like like we did uh, back in February of last year, and it doesn't work out how you want it to work out, but that's okay. That's all part of the the sort of creative process, but that's where our energy goes, and you learn from that. You're learning a lot from making these these films. What, what are you learning about, about creating right now? A lot. I mean, I find for me, it, you have to replace a perhaps negative or bad habit with something positive. So, uh, you know, I've done a lot of experiments, like a 30-day no social media experiment, 30 days of waking up at 5 a.m., which I'm in the middle of and which is brutally painful and I wouldn't <laughs> recommend to everybody. But y- you have to replace it. So when I quit social media... The first thing I did was then start to go to oh, CNN.com, FoxNews.com. Mm. Like, let me check all these news sites. And then you you can very easily fall into a negative pattern. Mm. And I found for me, and this was true when I originally got into minimalism, when I decided, okay, I'm not really interested in consuming more of getting as many material items as I can to prove to other people and myself that I'm successful. I decided to put all my time into filmmaking. So it was that replacement where it's like, all right, now I'm not going to be focused on consumption. I'm going to be focused on creating something more productive. And you know what's really cool about that is Matt, he, he took this this medium and actually set it aside for a second. He was like, well, let me go this other traditional route. I'm going to try to start blogging about this. Okay. And then uh, he started a podcast, which is a really good podcast, by the way, The Ground Up Show. Y'all can check that out. But uh, the thing that you really succeeded at is that thing that you had cultivated into a passion it wasn't like a you had stumbled into it like oh yeah you you came out of the womb with a a a canon c100 or something like (laughs) you 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 found something that you were interested in and and it aligned with what you wanted to do creatively and you really cultivated that and yeah you have some you have some beautiful like inherent talents like the way that you see light it's amazing we were out on tour with you like 
you, Matt would be in the most the strangest place filming something. I'm like, is he filming Ryan's shoelaces right now? <laughs> I can't tell what he's doing, but at the end of it, you're like, oh, like he saw something. There, there's some talent there, but most of it's actually just skill set. It's it's failing, failing, failing your way to success in a way. Yeah, and I think actually it's interesting you even say that. Just you guys observing me creating, and for the longest time, it's, it's it was very easy for me to create in a silo and create by myself. But then when I started bringing on collaborators, and that's always one of the biggest things I said that helped us create minimalism and get it out there, was that we had this accountability to each other mm. that you guys would ping me and be like, hey, Matt, how's the edit coming? Oh, how's this? When are we going to see V3 or V4 or V20? <laughs> and it was this constant making sure that we knew each other's vision and understood where we were going with it. And when you're by yourself, it's it's easy because it's all in my head. Mm. But then eventually when, when you guys came on and we decided to create this big project together, I had to then figure figure out, okay, how do I take this creative process out of my head and explain it to you guys and also be able to understand what your vision is and what you guys would like to get out of the film. And I think that was one of the biggest learning lessons I had from from doing minimalism and as I continue to collaborate on other projects. Yeah, I, I felt like it was a pretty painless process. I mean, there was a couple hiccups like you know the Fargo incident Fargo incident, <laughs> <laughs> where you sent us like you were really excited about this new version and you're like I've totally redone it and like us inspire like we watched it and we were like oh man like this is not this is not the uh movie we were expecting or you know wasn't emotionally driven like like the previous versions were no we thought we were being punk like legitimately <laughs> thought, like, he's wasting our time i don't know man i don't yeah. think i don't think matt's a time waster man i don't think he would have <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, re- like right three he weeks is, <laughs> he is a comedian though and so i'm like yeah. this is brilliant yeah. what he's doing right now but, he's he's just he's stomping on our expectations yeah <laughs> what, was, what was cool though man is like we could we could go to you and we could be completely open in a i don't want to say in a positive way because like i mean telling you like oh dude like no. it wasn't easy for you guys i remember it being very painful for you guys to yeah. tell me that you weren't into the film because mm. we care about you yeah. and, and we respect your vision your opinion right yeah but ultimately like because we respect each other uh vision and opinions I mean, it was a it was a hard conversation to have, but um, I felt like uh, Matt as a creator. I don't know how I would have reacted if people came to me and were like, like, because you put your heart and soul into that, man. I don't know how I would have been like. You were so cool about it. You're like, well, okay, like you know. <laughs> and then I turned off Skype and started crying. <laughs> no, I think I handled it pretty well. Um, I think I was most disappointed with the fact that I thought from that moment on I was never going to be able to change the film mm. in a new direction. Oh. But then once we were able to continue talking about the creative process and about how this film was going to evolve going forward, we all we knew that there was changes that need to be had. Mm-hmm. That gave me an opening to, to possibility to say, okay, well, uh, I didn't think version one was it. You guys don't think version two is it, but maybe there's a version three that we can all get together to find that would be even better than the, the first two. Yeah, and it was. I, I, to- I totally agree that that's what you ended up doing. I mean, what? ultimately, it was, from what I remember, it was the ninth version is what ended up on Netflix. And th- there were subtle iterations between those. A lot of them, it, toward the end, it's like minor tweaks, like let's move this here a little bit. And you spent days removing a hair from Dan Harris's jacket. <laughs> okay, okay, I didn't, uh, so that was actually really frustrating. Yeah, there was a hair on Dan Harris's jacket for the entire interview. I took it out in the trailer. But then during the actual interview of the entire film, that would have taken about four weeks. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, I was a bit relentless on the details. Uh, yeah, and, and that's important. So, so a couple things yeah. here to, to finish up Heather's question. 
she talked about the urge to buy. I think I think the what's more powerful than the urge to buy, the urge to consume, mm-hmm. is the urge to create. Sure. And, and you have to find that urge, though. It, it's not it's not as simple. Uh, yeah. Actually, it is as simple. It's not as easy as well because you can go out and buy the thing and you've yeah. completed the task. Doing the work, completing the task is actual drudgery. It's heartache. It's headache it's difficulty it's working with people in a team i work much better by myself like matt matt was saying but the, what we produce as a creation is better because we work as a team totally agree heather um i do want to give her a heads up like you could buy all our books you listen to all our podcasts you still will have that urge to buy like it's not about getting rid of that urge to buy or, or ignoring that. It's uh, finding a healthy replacement like you were talking about, finding a habit that's going to replace buying. The other thing I'll tell you too, Heather, if you've got time on your hands, give. Man, go out there. Go find a soup kitchen. I mean, it's crazy. Like Mariah and I, we've been like kind of stalling on and putting off like doing anything in Hollywood. And there's like there's a, a food bank just, uh, man, like two or three blocks from our house that we'll go to every once in a while and just like help them prepare food. And, uh, man, like that is to me, like that's feel that feeling is just as good as a feeling as if I had just created something. So Heather, like, yes, if you, if you want to create awesome, create, if you want to go out there and give back, go out there and give back. But the beautiful thing is Heather, you got the time, you've got the attention to don't to, to give to those things. So do it. Yeah, you know, what's fascinating about that, sometimes they intersect, too. I mean, mm. the, the whole reason this minimalism thing has worked well for us is 90-plus percent of what we do is all free. This podcast comes out every week. Yeah. It's, it's, it's free. Absolutely. People can listen to it. So we're able to contribute to other people, but also do so with what we're creating, whether it's the writing on the blog, whether it's social media, whatever it is. And, Matt, I've, I've noticed that with you as well. The things that you're creating help people. And so ultimately, what Ryan, what you're talking about is find ways to help people. Maybe that's through your creation, creations. Maybe it's through using your your resources in a different way the the thing that's important is is the action the verb or the thing I, I like most about matt's work is he's less concerned about being a filmmaker or a director mm. and he's more concerned about making films yeah so so rather than being a well yes i am a filmmaker now i can go to these cocktail parties and tell people i'm a filmmaker no he'd really he'd rather make really beautiful films that help people in some way. Do you go to cocktail parties and don't invite me, Matt? <laughs> I do. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> you know, now, when I was thinking about this question this morning, man, like Heather, Heather's Heather's question made me think, like we are in a constant state of like either taking or giving. Mm-hmm. Like if we are, uh, if we're, you know, sitting down and watching TV, like we are consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, this podcast, like we are giving energy. And so the question is, Heather, like where... Where do you want to put your energy? Obviously, you don't want to take as much. That's why you're stopping uh, to buy. But but yes, I, I guess kind of looking at it in that light helped me realize like, wow, like really just kind of this, you know, binary thing happening. Either you're giving or you're taking. Yeah. And I, I would say, too, when you are consuming, try to be mindful about that because mm-hmm. she Heather did mention that there were these urges for her to consume. And there's likely a reason for that. Mm-hmm. It could be childhood trauma but it could likely be that she's watching uh she's seeing commercials in her social media news feed she's not actually taking control of it a lot of people get frustrated uh, with social media and with the images that they're seeing without realizing that they have a lot of control over what shows up in their feeds that is a great point man like one of the best ways i like curbed my uh buying impulses it was cutting out as many advertisements as possible like magazines were huge for me like i didn't even realize until like I really started being deliberate with my time and my resources, you know, the the GQ subscription I had, I didn't realize like how that stuff 
like totally seated. It's like, oh man, I got to get that Lexus IS. It's like getting an envelope full of ads each month. Yeah. It just ships yeah. to you, right? Yep. And then you replace it with the minimalist podcast. Exactly. And then you're moving in a positive In the ground direction. up podcast, yes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, um, one last thing. She asked for some journal prompts. I've got two for you. One is, what do I want to create today? Or maybe what do I want to create this week? And then how do I want to help? Or how do I want to add value? I think that's a, a really good place to start. Also, Heather, I'm going to send you a copy of our book, Everything That Remains. It's a story about, well, Ryan and I, we, we took this sort of five-year journey from being these suit and tie corporate guys who were really focused on on consumption and buying our way to happiness. What did that lady say in the, I forget what paper in Toronto it was, she was like, two guys divorce their wives and move out to Montana. <laughs> <laughs> like That was her like op-ed about the, about the book. Yeah, yeah uh, we, that quote's on the back there. It's, that's <laughs> our, my, my favorite blurb. I'm like, that all happened, but not in that order. Right, like, exactly. You've got it all wrong, but okay. Yeah, when you put it in the same sentence, right. it sounds weird. Like I got yeah. divorced when I was 22. <laughs> and, and, and what we did, what we did is we found how we could better add value to people's lives, how we could create by getting rid of majority of the consumption. Doesn't mean we don't need some stuff, but as Matt said, we now consume a lot more intentionally. We still fail and we document a lot of those failures, a lot of the successes and a lot of how we create and what we create in that book. So if you like our podcast, you'll love the, or you'll enjoy, I'm still teaching Ella this, Love people mm. use things, right? We, we don't love tacos. Yeah. We love people. Yeah. Uh, you won't love the book, but I, I think you'll enjoy the audio book version of that. She or, might love the experience of the book. Yes. Yes, indeed. Love <laughs> and, and enjoy the experience as well. And hopefully you'll like it as well. But uh, or, or we'll send you the book book or the ebook, whatever you want. Everything that remains a memoir by the minimalist. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for our lightning round where we answer questions from the social medias. Indeed we do. We're at the minimalist on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and at Matt Avella on all the relevant social yeah. platforms. That's right. How dare you have more followers than us now? Where? Everywhere. No, I definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> um, so, so, Matt, people can tweet at you. They can Instagram at you. They can, I don't know if that you snap or whatever all the other kids are doing I'm not these snapping. Days. I'm Good. gramming. Uh-huh. I, not even that much, though. I delete Instagram from my phone, and then mm. I'll re-download it, and I just yeah. kind of go in phases now. It's fun to be connected, but at the same time, it's very easy to let that uh, get yeah. take, take I, out of control. I deleted it from my phone because, yeah, like I will, I am like a habitual scroller. And then the worst is like, I'll, well, the worst slash best is when I go to the suggested videos, and it's just like snowboarding video after surfing video after mm. wakeboarding video after skateboard video, and like you can just scroll up and yeah just keep scrolling yeah, up and like gaga gets I, don't <laughs> I honestly don't know why that's know. star was born was great but i mean yeah right <laughs> so uh during lightning rounds where, where we all do our best to answer every question with just a short shareable less than 140 character response we also put the text of these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like and now you can find all of our pithy quotes all of our minimal maxims in one place minimalmaxims.com all right our first question is from reese how do you know whether you're creating something because you love it or because you feel like you have to do it? So my, my pithy answer to this, and we could talk about it, is an obligation to produce can kill creativity. It's the the videographer thing, right? Like, well, I have to show up for another two weddings this weekend, and then I have to like edit it, and you're like, I have to do this. This yeah. isn't... Now, some people might transcend that, and I bet you there are some amazing wedding videographers out there who are like... I get to do this. Yeah, ostensibly, like, it looks to me as a, a filmmaker, like, going into that type of field, it does allow you to have some type of creativity, 
but it, it is different when like a like you're trying to create something you're trying to do you know put your stamp on it mm. but then you've also have like this art by committee thing with the bride and groom who like they're telling you what they want so yeah i i, I don't know it's it, it does turn into a have to and which which sucks when it does have to turn and into i think a it also to. turns into like content generation i have to generate this content we see that a lot with social media now in fact during the maximum episode i'll talk about i just found this article about how instagram hungry crowds are destroying the super bloom um which, right. which I, I was found so this dude mariah and i were, <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about on the, <laughs> on the oh, maximum yeah yeah horrible dude we'll, we'll get to it um and so um matt the thing that that i like you use the word content quite a bit but really mm. i don't i don't see what you do as as creating content i i see what you're doing is you're you're producing meaningful creations you're creating creations it some people might even call it art to a certain extent, right? But but for me, when I look at it, you, you're not just trying to fill the space. But the thing I learned from this article that we're going to talk about, Ryan, is I hate Instagram. But it's <laughs> that's also the reason that I think we need to use it. Now I want to talk some some more about that. But but uh, Matt, let's talk about content versus creating, and let's try to answer Reese's question here. Do you ever feel like, man, I have to do this? And if so, what does that do to your creativity? Um, there are certain parts of the job, especially when you're a solo creator, that you have to do. Like, I have to do my taxes. I right. don't love it. I could certainly outsource it if I wanted to. Mm. But what I would say to Reese is if, if he has to even ask that question, he probably hasn't found it yet. He probably hasn't found something that he really loves. Yeah. Because when I started out as a filmmaker, it was before YouTube. And my audience was very small. It was family and friends. And while I have a big family, I, I didn't have it's many Italian. friends. <laughs> yeah, very Italian. Like <laughs> like seven kids in our family Italian. Yeah. And so my audience was a couple dozen people. And I could definitely see people today putting out a video on YouTube, only getting 24 views and resigning to the fact that they're never going to make it or that they're never going to continue to upload videos in the future. And to me, that's, that's crazy because... If you really love it, if you enjoy the process, you should be able to make and upload videos for two years and only get 24 views and be happy with it because you love making films. Mm. Now, if you're going to be able to dedicate all of your time to it, if you're going to be able to make a career out of it, that's a different question. And one that I, I think should be questioned seriously because I don't think we all can just spend 40 to 80 hours a week doing purely what we're passionate about. Right. If it's not going to make us any money, right? But uh, that doesn't mean you you don't have to create something at all. I think of I think yeah. it was Chris Brogan. He 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 had a, a hundred uh, blog subscribers for the first nine years. <laughs> wow! And and that shows you. But he yeah. got good at, at that craft of blogging. That became his art in a way. Now mm -hmm. his his way of writing is sort of. Uh, and I mean this in the best terms. It's like diuretic. Like he just, it's it's like expressionist, uh, you know, throwing uh, Jackson Pollock throwing paint against a wall. But he mm -hmm. does so in a beautiful way. Yeah. And and I think we can do that. But you're right. It doesn't it doesn't require a large audience to 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 communicate something to an audience. Yeah. Uh, my pith answer is this: uh, Whenever you pick up a boulder of obligation, you can just as easily set it down. So, Reese, um, yeah, if you are in the have-to mode and you don't have the time to carry that boulder or the strength or the energy or whatever resource that you're lacking, set it down. Like that's that's okay. I will say sometimes, like there are things that pop up in my head that I have to do, and it's not because of an obligation as much as because I want to do it. So, like. You know, when Mariah and I, uh, we were living in Missoula and we were talking about country music and I'm like, Mariah, I can like 
totally make a country song like give me like an hour and i will <laughs> and i will write and like we'll record and she helped me a little bit but it was like it was this thing where like i had to you know it was a saturday we, you know we weren't didn't have like you know some, like solid plans to do anything so i was like in this boat where i was like i have to do this like i absolutely have to take these next two to three hours to like write this and then record this and i do which i'll never put out but because it's <laughs> really not that good for all intents and purposes like it's a really crappy country song but maybe we can put but most maximal. country songs are right <laughs> am i right <laughs> there it is yeah but that's the thing you 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 it wasn't i have to do this it yeah. was I have to do this. Yeah, exactly. And th- there's a difference just in the inflection. Like mm-hmm. if you italicize your inflection there, all of a sudden it changed everything. Cause what you're really saying is, wow, I can't believe I get to do this. I'm I remember so last driven. tour. Yeah. 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 Last tour we were on, like every time we go on stage, you'd be like, man, I can't believe we get to do this. Yeah. Or wow, this is our life. How amazing is this? Right. And, and getting to do it through all the drudgery because you still get to do it you yeah. still get to create films. i mean even when we were, when we first started the minimalist man i mean it was like after that packing party it was like oh wow like we have to get this this information out there like it wasn't anywhere else and it was a lot of work it was it was drudgery mm-hmm. but um but it was something we yeah had to do or got to do and i i guess like reese maybe you can differentiate between having to and having to I have to do that. I think yeah. too sometimes procrastination can confuse us mm. where it, like Stephen Pressfield is the war of art uh-huh. where we have yeah. this resistance to sit down and do the work right. it's not that we don't love writing we might love to write but sitting down to write is actually the hard part mm-hmm. so I think once we get over that and if you can actually find something you enjoy in the process that's what you have to focus on not the feeling before you ever even get started yeah the yeah. war of art's a great book mm-hmm. the last chapter kind of lost me but i don't remember the uh all the like the angels that are around us oh was it oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it got really like really celestial but anyway great book uh podcast sean we'll put that in the show notes if, if anyone wants to read it all right our next question is from zach what would you say is the key to delivering essentially the same message but always having something new to add it's weird. It depends on what you mean by the same message. My, my short answer is a new light on old ideas changes how they are perceived. Mm-hmm. And really what I mean by that is like these ideas that are in everything that remains or in any of our books or podcasts, whatever, they're not necessarily new ideas. Occasionally there will be, but they're, they're remixed ideas. The problems themselves are new. And so what we're doing is we're taking a new sort of light and shining it on those ideas, showing people different perspectives. And that was important. When we first started uh, writing about minimalism, our perspective was different from Leo Babalta or Courtney Carver or Kim and Joshua Becker. It was a different perspective. And also we started using different mediums as well. And so writing is one one medium, writing blog blogs versus writing books are two different mediums as well. You communicate something different. You use them to express differently. But there's other ways to express, whether it's film, podcast, social media, etc. Yeah, I think uh, my dumbed down version of that would be uh, creativity is looking at the same problem in a different way. And for me, the, the first video that really started to take off and gain traction for me on YouTube after a year and a half of uploading videos was an apartment tour. And like by any stretch, that's like a really boring video. It's a concept that's been done thousands of times. But I thought, oh, how can I bring something unique to this? How can I bring my personality, my sense of humor, my editing style to this to make it something different and unique? Mm. And just because it's been done before, it doesn't mean it can't be done differently, better for your audience or more interestingly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My pithy answer is this. 
Consistency is more important than new and improved. Zach, don't get caught up in trying to reimagine yourself. <laughs> I mean, how many freaking times have I talked about the packing party? Uh-huh. I mean, uh, consistency is way more important than new and improved. I w- Zach, I would encourage you to find a, a message that you believe in, a creation that you believe in, and just work on the consistency. And as you evolve, allow that that work to evolve. I mean, with the minimalists, I mean, certainly we have some different opinions uh, and, and different viewpoints now versus, you know, nine or 10 years ago. So uh, be open to that, but don't force yourself to be new and improved. Because the thing too, like Leo about to really help me with this on our tour in 2014, we were in San Francisco. We were like right halfway through our tour, city number 40 or 45 or something. Do you remember what city San Francisco was? I, I could get there. But yeah. <laughs> oh like no, his <laughs> late late thirties. His memory, his memory needs upgraded. <laughs> no, but but yeah, it's it, it was somewhere like almost in the middle of the tour, and Leo was like, "So how's it going, man?" I'm like, "Dude, it's going really well, but I'm like giving this same talk over and over again, and the sentiment is there, mm-hmm. but I find myself because I knew the talk so well, I would find myself sitting there like." Like, am I sounding like a robot right now to these people? Like, is the sentiment coming through? And man, you know, I think I saw that person at our last tour stop and they're just hearing the same thing. And Leo was like, dude, he's like, first off, like you really have to, you know, choose that one person who's there for the first time and envision like that's who you're talking to. Right. And it's funny because like, that's why we started the minimalist in the first place. It wasn't about like, oh, there's how many people we're going to reach. It was more about like, I know that this story is going to help a handful of people. I know there are other people out there who this is going to help. So he kind of helped me get back to there. But then the other thing he said to me, he's like, dude, and even if someone has seen your talk 10 times, like, A, they're choosing to see it for the 10th time. He said, but repetition is so important when learning. And especially when you're trying to change your habits, like repetition is, well, that's the mother of all habits, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, don't worry about new and improved, uh, Zach, worry about being consistent. It looks like we have several more surprise questions this week about quieting the inner critic, about finding the right medium to create within, about detaching from creative outcomes to enjoy the work itself, about creative work and financial stability, which I know is a difficult one for folks Mm -hmm. who want to branch out and, and create on their own. Also, I want to talk to Matt about how success changes expectations and how it changes what he creates both uh, good and bad and if you want to hear all that you can listen to this week's maximal episode available exclusively on patreon that's right you're currently listening to our weekly minimal episode but each week ryan and i record an entirely different long-form maximal episode on the minimalist private podcast which gives us the space we need to talk about the topics we don't usually discuss in public plus patreon is the best way for us to fund this podcast and keep it 100 percent advertisement free when you subscribe to the minimalist private podcast on Patreon, you'll also receive a personal link so that our maximal episodes play in your favorite podcast app. You also get access to our entire back catalog of more than 100 private podcast episodes. Find all the details and all the good stuff, including an additional podcast episode, a private podcast episode every week over at theminimalists.com slash support. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? You know, man, we live in a very meme culture right now. A lot of headlines. I mean, that's why I got off of Facebook, honestly. It's like someone would just throw up a meme mm-hmm. and then be like, bam, there's my point. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> enough said. <laughs> the problem is uh, memes are not enough. <laughs> tweet that. Yeah, tweet yeah, that. Tweet that. <laughs> memes aren't enough. So, uh, yeah, being informed is more important than ever, especially today. So I just want to encourage people like I usually do at the end of the episode to read more and get informed and now here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners 
guys. I'm Rachel, long-time listener, first-time caller. I am calling to uh, respond to something Corey said on episode 176, The Un-American Dream. He was calling to ask you uh, if you thought that buying a house would be his next step or should be his next step. Sounds like he follows the Dave Ramsey plan. Um, he said he paid off all his debt, and after he has an emergency fund saved, he feels like the expected next step would be to buy a home. Um, he also said that he wasn't sure if that was something he should be doing because he wasn't happy in his job. He didn't feel the need to put down roots where he was. And I want to speak to that because I did recently sell my home uh, due to something like this. My husband got his dream job and required us to move across the country, but we owned a home. Uh, luckily, we were able to sell the house in an acceptable amount of time for us to be able to afford to move but that does not always happen and the markets can change suddenly. So that's something Corey really needs to take into account when he is thinking about buying a home and whether or not he's going to want to move. I also want to say that if you are renting and you are doing the Dave Ramsey steps, there is no reason why you can't start saving for a home. In case you do move to somewhere amazing and you want to put down roots there. Hey, this is Helen from Carlsbad, California. I just wanted to make a comment about the podcast about health. You guys were talking about uh, sleeping patterns and figuring out your own sleep schedule. And there was something that I accidentally figured out a couple of years ago when I had evenings to myself all alone in my house. I had a lot of windows in the house, and I would just be doing my own thing and get distracted. The sun would go down. The lights would dim, and suddenly it was 9 o'clock, and the house was practically pitch black except for maybe one light that was pretty dim in the corner. And I realized by that time that I was very tired and I was ready for bed. And I was curious because before I was sitting up till maybe 11 o'clock, midnight, and I looked up to see what exactly this meant, and I learned that when we don't are not surrounded by artificial lighting, and we go outside maybe and we're outside all day, our energy goes with the sun. So as the sun sets, our energy slowly declines and our body gets ready to rest for the night. And so for those who are having trouble with sleeping or trying to figure out their pattern or whatever it may be, I highly suggest doing that to keep all the lights off except for maybe one or two that are really necessary and see if that helps. See if as the sun goes down, their body gets ready to sleep and they can have a good night's rest. All right, y'all. Thanks again to Matt Diavella for joining us today. Make sure you check out his beautiful videos. You're uh, you're giving up coffee soon. For are, are you giving up coffee for thirty days? I am. It's going to be in a these, month or two. What's What's great about these these thirty day experiments? Like we've done a bunch and written about them on on the website. But I love what you're doing. The video version of it it makes it uh, more visceral in a way. And so I think it's beautiful what you're doing. You can check out all his videos on his YouTube channel. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And real quick for right here right now. Here's one thing that's going on in the life of The Minimalist. Three years ago, Ryan and I, we accidentally opened a coffee house. Kind of, yeah. Oops. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was weird. Like, we, we, we took Minimalism, the, do the documentary, not even the final version, but we wanted to help our friends, uh, photographers, um, Joshua and Sarah Weaver, and they were leaving their sort of creative jobs, and they needed some help. Uh, getting this coffee house open, so we're like, hey, let's let's screen this documentary there. We'll bring some of our audience yeah. in, and at least bring some awareness to the the coffee house. Well, we get down there, and we're like, 
hey, our last loan fell through. And yeah. uh, like, we don't even know, like they weren't officially open when we went there. No, it hadn't opened yet. And they're like, we're only doing this because we promised you guys <laughs> that we have a shop that you could screen your documentary in, but we don't know if it's going to. You're like, hey, we're only doing this be because you said it. you had a shop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so anyway, uh, it's been over three years now. We've been roasting our own coffee for the last two years. It's in quite a few restaurants and coffee shops throughout the South and the Southeast. And uh, we, we helped them open this coffee shop together. We became partners in the business. We're also bringing food to the business. So if you get a chance, you want to stop in to our coffee house in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's called Bandit. We think you'll really enjoy being there. It's a yeah. minimalist space. You've been there? I haven't. You haven't no, made it there beautiful. yet. I've seen all the photos, though. Dude, well, it's what I love is like I will. I just blast it all whenever I can. Like, man, Bandit is the best coffee house in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's the best coffee house in Tampa. In Tampa. I, I, I really do believe that. And then the best feeling is when people reach back out to me. They're like, yeah, you're right, man. It's awesome. <laughs> and this is such a great staff there. I mean, it's not just just Josh and, and Sarah. It's Seth and Chris and everyone else yeah, who works yeah. there. And um, they, they do such a good job of curating the space, making it beautiful. We're adding a restaurant component. We're roasting our own coffee. And if you can't make it down to Florida, you can now find that coffee online. It's just banditcoffee.co. Uh, banditcoffee.co we're, we're doing the minimalist choice as well yeah and here's our current minimalist choice yeah so we give it to matt diavella that's right here. yeah man there, there oh, you yeah. Go. so what we do is we just basically pick our favorite coffee that they're roasting at the time and there's actually not a ton of that left um the uh what is that the the kenyan yeah it's the yeah. Kenyan. yeah it's so good anyway so you, you're gonna love it man before i quit coffee this is great also like no we, about, we want you to quit coffee coffee right now and just smell it, it right? <laughs> yeah yeah torture, torture me yeah. but i like talk about creativity we were talking about this before the podcast. Like, how how would somebody start a coffee shop or brewing coffee mm -hmm. in 2018? What did you start it? 2016 or yeah, so? You guys, yeah. they started together? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you can find a way if you do something a little bit differently, a little yeah. bit more intentionally. And, yeah. and the thing was, like, we it was such a shoestring budget. Like, we, we opened this coffee house... Uh, on a very minimalist budget, it, yeah. it was it was probably about one fifth what you needed to open a coffee house. But we, it's the same thing with the documentary. There was no budget for that. Mm -hmm. You just came along and slept in hotel rooms with us. We <laughs> yeah. shared beds and stuff. It like got a little weird. <laughs> yeah, well, in a good that, way. That will happen when when Ryan's around. <laughs> anyway, if you have a, a question, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839, or send a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. If you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com, and you will also receive our simple Sunday emails each week. For our added value this week, let's listen to the song. It's called When the Party's Over from Billie Eilish's debut album. It's her new album. It's called... When we fall asleep, where do we go? Uh, she's one of my, my favorite new artists, and her, her music is just like you'll hear in the song. It is haunting in all the best ways. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things, because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Don't know I'm no good for you. I've learned to lose, you can't afford to Torn my shirt to stop you bleeding But nothing ever stops you leaving Quiet when I'm coming home and I'm
Once we've both said our goodbye. 